Financial incentives to implement electronic health records are a welcome payment to the nation's physicians, but the proposed rules and regulations to implement this system under the Economic Stimulus Bill are creating complexities and challenges physicians may face in the coming years. You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Robert Tennant. Mr. Tennant is Senior Policy Advisor for the Medical Group Management Association, which represents group practices and other organizations representing some 275,000 doctors. Tennant focuses on federal legislative and regulatory health information technology issues, including the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, electronic health records, and electronic prescribing. He participates in numerous industry efforts for physicians and their practices. He joined MGMA in June of 1997. He received his undergraduate degree from Carleton University and his master's degree from the University of Western Ontario, Canada. Tennant also attended the University of Maryland College Park for doctoral studies. He joins us today from his offices in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Robert Tennant, welcome to ReachMD Radio and XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Bruce, it's a pleasure to be here and talk about this important issue. Yeah, so if you could give our listeners the background first on these enhanced payments available under the stimulus, because a lot of people don't know the details of some of the things that the stimulus created for doctors. And then we can also talk about some of the challenges for getting these payments. Really, it's a historic opportunity for physicians and hospitals. For many, many years, MGMA and others have been touting the benefits of health information technology on both sides of the healthcare coin. On the clinical side, uh, to be able to share patient information securely will lead to uh, improved coordination of care and reduced costs, but also on the administrative side of healthcare. Health IT has some tremendous advantages and certainly can streamline the very mundane and costly processes that we typically go through to ensure that claims are paid and that the proper information flows to the right sources. So I think what we had here was a convergence. We had discussions by both Senator McCain and Senator Obama during the campaign in support of increased federal efforts to incentivize health information technology. Very quickly, forces galvanized and the HITECH Act, which was, again, portion of the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act, or ARA, that became a center point for health IT efforts. And what the government decided to do was to create an incentive program and drive it through the two major federal health programs, Medicare and Medicaid. So we have, an, really, uh, again, a historic opportunity for the healthcare community to move forward and adopt effective health information technology. And physicians can get, with these stimulus dollars, over the course of a few years, like up to $40,000 in enhanced payments. But the interesting thing that you're going to tell us about is that suddenly physicians face significant challenges in meeting what the government is calling so-called EHR, electronic health records, meaningful use requirements. So if you could tell us a little bit about that, because suddenly it appears that there might be a roadblock to getting some of these dollars that physicians need. Sure. And what the government tried to do when they passed this law 
is not simply write a check over to physicians and say, okay, please go ahead and buy your EHR. What they did was they said, we'll give you up to $44,000 over five years if you can show that you're a meaningful user of the technology. So again, it's not so much an incentive. I look at it more like a rebate. So the physician has to purchase the system, prove that they're using it in a meaningful manner, then they may qualify for these incentives. The originating law, again, ARA, stipulated uh, four main requirements. The software would have to be certified, and they left it up to the regulatory process to determine what that certification process would look like. The physician would have to e-prescribe. The system would have to be able to exchange clinical data electronically, and the physician would have to report on quality measures. So we had those four stipulations And typical of legislation, it left the details up to the Department of Health and Human Services to develop through the regulatory process. And so that's what the physicians are waiting. In this case, the final rule, if you will, on basically telling physicians what they're going to need to do has been left up to uh, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid? Well, what they've done is they've released uh, two rules. Uh, They both were made public. And the first one was entitled Medicare and Medicaid Programs, Electronic Health Record Incentive Program. That is issued by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. It is a proposed rule. And what that means is they'll open it up for public comment, and then they will release a final rule. And then there is a second rule put out by the Office of the National Coordinator for HIT, termed Health IT Initial Set of Standards Implementation Specifications and Certification Criteria for EHR. And that basically is a discussion of the technical standards, which is complementary to the meaningful use discussion in the CMS proposed rule. The ONC rule is an interim final with comment. So we, we as the public can comment on this rule, but there's less opportunity for the rule to be changed than there is with the CMS rule. Now, my understanding of this is the Medicare payments begin in 2011. So does this mean that physicians should hold off on buying a system? Or what are you advising your member doctors to do, given that there are these final rules left to be decided by the government? It's a challenging position for practices to be in. If you go ahead now and purchase your system, there's no guarantee that that system will qualify you and your practice for the incentives, especially owing to the fact that the process laid out is this. The rules have to come out in final form, and again, expected probably late spring, then the software vendors must look at those final rules, finalize their software, and then put their software through a certification program. The certification specifics have yet to be released by the government. So now you've got a question of the software may not be ready to be implemented in the practice, which means a lot of pressure to get it up and running and be a meaningful user in time to meet that 2011 start date. 
Well, this is very interesting. If you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to Reach MD Radio on XM 160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is Robert Tennant. He's the Senior Policy Advisor for the Medical Group Management Association, and we're talking about this whole idea of physicians getting payments to implement electronic health records. But hold on just a second. The government has not issued the final rules that would basically give physicians an idea of what they're they're supposed to implement. Is that true, Mr. Tennant? Correct. And what advice that we're giving practice administrators is to do one of two things. Wait until sort of the dust is settled on the software development and certification and then move forward. It might mean that your first payment year is pushed back to 2012, but then you're pretty much assured that once their software is certified, you'll qualify for the incentives. The other option, if you wanted to move faster, is to contractually obligate the software vendor to ensure that you will have the ability to qualify for the incentives. Many of the vendors are very aggressively pursuing this. They expect to be certified for meaningful use, and they are willing to write that into a contract. And again, if you're going to go that direction, they get the um, contractual obligation, we encourage you to explore the option of including penalty clauses as well. So if the vendor does not make you eligible for the incentives, they may have to pay you a penalty. Well, that's a good point because, you know, in my role as healthcare reporter at the Tribune, I've been getting press releases, if you will, like United Healthcare, All Scripts Healthcare Solutions. They're out there offering physicians interest free loans other sort of incentives to pick their software. But what you would advise these physicians is to basically say, hey, you should probably make sure that something is written in their contract to make sure that they're going to adhere to whatever standards the government comes up with. Is that correct? Exactly right. And I think if you do wait as a practice, you run the risk of getting way down in the queue and you may not be able to be implemented for months or perhaps even a year or more. So again, by moving quickly, at least to find out what your options are is probably the best way to start. Some of these pitches by either health insurers or doctors, I'm sure physicians listening have already gotten these pitches, they're just starting to come. And so my guess would be that once the federal rules are clearer in the spring and summer, the docs are probably still going to get these marketing pitches, won't they? There's no question. And uh, As you mentioned, a lot of the vendors are taking a very creative approach to financing these systems. They are extremely expensive. Our own survey suggested that the average cost for an EHR installation was about $33,000 per physician. So this is not you know, a minor investment on the part of the practice. And a very important piece of advice is don't implement an EHR if the only reason you're doing so is to achieve meaningful use and get the $44,000. This is a complete transformation of the practice. And if it's not done the right way and installed the right way and the staff is trained, then you could run into some serious workflow issues and it may cost you far more than you would get back in terms of the incentives. Now, what about our doctors out there and the larger groups that already have electronic medical records? Is there anything that they need to worry about, or are they okay? The incentives apply to those that have an EHR, not just those that will be 
purchasing one in the next while. The key is, though, if your practice has an EHR currently, you still must prove that you are a meaningful user, which means your current EHR has to be certified according to what the government will lay out, and we expect that the Certification Commission for Health Information Technology, known as CCHIT, will also get the nod for meaningful use certification as well. So if you have one, it will need to be certified and you will need to fulfill all of the requirements like all of the others within the incentive program. And also, if the physicians do wait and the Medicare payments begin in 2011 and they just get their system next year, they're not going to miss out on this 44000 are they, if they wait a year? No. Uh, and in fact, the first year, the government is permitting the practice to report only within a 90-day window. So you can start late in 2011 and still qualify for 2011. If you do wait till 2012, that 90-day window still applies and you will still be eligible for the full $44,000. If you wait longer, 2013 or 2014, then the amount of money you're eligible for decreases significantly. Are these systems for a solo practitioner out there, can they be less expensive? I've heard on the order if it's a web-based system, it could cost them 7000 or so, or do you really think it's going to be 30000 Well, there's a lot of options for practices. One of the positive aspects of this rule is that they're permitting the use of what they term modular EHR, meaning that you may go with one vendor for two or three of the uh, meaningful use criteria. You go with another vendor for e-prescribing, another vendor for patient portal, another vendor for quality reporting. It allows you to sort of piece together an EHR that meets your needs and meets all of the requirements for meaningful use. So I think there's an opportunity to keep the cost lower. But the key is for a practice is not necessarily to go with the most inexpensive system because the key is that the operation of the practice goes smoothly, that the interaction between the clinical system and the administrative system in the practice, in term the practice management system, is flawless and allows the data to flow back and forth to ensure that the system can be used to generate claims and other transactions that, of course, are the lifeblood of the practice. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Robert Tennant, who has been our guest. He's the Senior Policy Advisor for the Medical Group Management Association, which represents more than a quarter of a million physicians. And we've been talking about the government rules on implementing an electronic health record system and what physicians need to do to prepare. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host, and you've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air please visit us at reachmd.com. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.